0: Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and FreightWaves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I genuinely appreciate uh, all the feedback on the show. Keep it coming. You can always send a message to podcast at driverreach.com with thoughts or questions, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments. And don't forget, to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platforms you're using to listen. This week I'm honored to be joined by one of my very favorite people in the industry, a wonderful person who has committed her career to the betterment of the industry through research and data, Rebecca Brewster, President and COO of the American Transportation Research Institute. Welcome back to the show, Rebecca. Great to see you again.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. It's great to see you, and I appreciate you having me on today.
0: Well, I'm really excited to talk to you uh, for a number of reasons. This is a special year as we celebrate Atri's uh, 20-year anniversary. Uh, Atri recently released the 2021 Top Industry Issues. I'd like to unpack those results with you. Uh, I'd also like to hear from you on Atri's Younger Driver Assessment Tool, You know, something that could be incredibly handy as we pave the way for 18- to 20-year-old uh, CDL drivers. Um, Atri also just recently released uh, some follow-up analysis to its 2020 Hallmark Report, The Impact of Nuclear Verdicts. On the trucking industry, certainly a hot topic. Uh, I want to be sure we discuss this eye-opening report on the impact of, of verdicts and settlements under a million dollars, and of course, we'll also take a deeper dive with one of the questions submitted by a listener. I think we can uh, cover all that on the show.
1: It's a lot to cover, but I feel I'm feeling <laughs> ambitious today, Jeremy. All
0: right, well, we'll dive in. Um, you know, Atria num- uh, is, is the industry's not-for-profit uh, research organization. Uh, I've had the honor of serving as a member of ATRI's Research Advisory Committee, which is incredibly engaging. I really enjoy being uh, part of the solution. For time's sake, I encourage everyone in our audience who, who may be unfamiliar to visit ATRI's website at truckingresearch.org. Um, and, and to be clear, it's not ATRI.org, uh, unless you want to learn about the aquatic therapy and rehab institutes. <laughs> but uh, but visit truckingresearch.org and, and learn about all the valuable work um, ATRI does. Um, all the useful data that, that helps make better decisions as, as companies and as an industry. So uh, let's diving in, you know, ATRI recently released the annual survey of top 10 industry issues and surprise, surprise driver shortage was once again, for the fifth year in a row, the number one issue. You recently broke down the results with me on a, on a driver reach webinar that's now available on demand. A quick plug, driverreachcom slash webinars, and you can find it. Uh, Were there any surprises uh, with this year's results um, from carriers or from drivers?
1: You know, Jeremy, not really a surprise to see the driver shortage as the number one issue this year, but I think what really did surprise me uh, is how emphatic the industry was that this is their number one concern. Um, The number of first place votes that the driver shortage received far outranked any other issue in this year's survey. And so, With four times as many first place votes as any other issue, the driver shortage, number one, no surprise. Um, But when you look at the top three issues, they are all workforce related issues. Driver shortage, driver retention, driver compensation. So clearly focused on our workforce. Uh, And then even, Jeremy, looking down at number 10, uh, a new issue on the top 10 list this year, also a workforce issue, and that's the shortage of uh, diesel technicians.
0: Yeah, and that's been something that we've also been talking about for a long time, but they're really starting to feel the pain there, and that, that's what uh, helped it, you know, make its way to the top 10. Um, you know, and, and the report doesn't just show the top 10 issues, it also lists the preferred methods of, you know, addressing each issue. You know, what does ATRI do with that information? Is it—is it used as uh, potential research and analysis I- ideas, you know, for ATRI's Research Advisory Committee?
1: Absolutely. And I think there's real power in those strategies that we ask survey respondents to rank for each of their top issues, uh, because it really does play out or or lay out a roadmap for the industry. So sometimes, Jeremy, those strategies are uh, national level advocacy things that ATA and the other national associations can take on. Sometimes they're state level advocacy issues. I think uh, specifically about the, the strategies in lawsuit abuse reform or tort reform, those are things that the state trucking associations generally take the lead on. And then a lot of those strategies have to do with additional research and data analysis that the industry needs. And those strategies and, and topics then go to you and your colleagues on the research advisory committee when we consider what research actually should be doing for the next year.
0: Yeah, and and certainly workforce development is near the top of that and has been for the last few years in our meetings, as well as uh you know, nuclear verdicts. And so, hence some of the research that that we've seen in that area. What's the most um, important takeaway, I guess, in your opinion, from this year's results, Uh, maybe especially as it pertains to, you know, what drivers are saying uh, as their top industry issue versus, you know, what carriers are saying?
1: Right. So um, for those who aren't familiar with the annual survey, and I hope everybody does, not only do we rank how the overall industry has ranked the top 10 issues, but we break down how motor carrier personnel rank those top 10 issues versus or or they select as their top 10 versus how uh, professional drivers rank the top 10. And for drivers, we had for the first time ever a tie for number one between driver compensation and the lack of available parking. And then number two for drivers is detention and delay at customer facilities. I think one of the, the things that frustrates to me is is when you look on the motor carrier side, driver shortage and driver retention are their number one and two issues. Nowhere in that motor carrier top ten does truck parking show up as a concern. And when it's number one for the drivers, and your number one concern is keeping and get, or finding a keeping drivers, you better also be concerned about things that are most impactful for your drivers. And that's according to drivers, compensation, parking, and detention.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense. And in fact, I think that from a carrier's perspective, sure, it's, it's helpful to see what other our what our industry peers are, you know, the pains that they're feeling. Yeah. You know, we can all relate, right? And commiserate if you'd like. But, but if you look at what drivers are saying, that's the information that's really valuable to you. Because if you can solve for those problems, those challenges that they have, you can, you know, solve for the issues that, that you're claiming, right? To your point. So I think that is, uh, an excellent, an excellent uh, point, an excellent takeaway and I encourage all the listeners to take a look at that information. And and, and what can you do? I mean, and, and, and kind of maybe a follow up question to that is what are carriers? Do you know what are carriers doing today to solve for that truck parking issue? Because it it's a big deal. It's I mean, there is only there's a finite number of spaces to park.
1: Right, and certainly, uh, you know, you don't look for a motor carrier to build truck parking. That's not their their space or their place here, but but they can do things. So when you are talking to your customers or potential new customers about how they treat your drivers, um, certainly, if they are particularly where detention comes into play, if they are responsible for your driver being held up uh, an extraordinary amount of time at their location, they need to provide a safe haven for that driver. They simply can't say, well. We finally got around to loading or unloading you. Sorry that you're out of hours, but hit the road because we don't want to provide a place for you to park here. So you can have some influence in that space. You can also work with your uh, local governments. If there is a private truck stop operator who is looking to expand or build a new facility where you live and and they're um, meeting with some resistance from local zoning uh, regulations or whatever, you can help work on their behalf because you know how critical that truck parking is.
0: And I had uh, uh, the privilege of interviewing uh, a gentleman from uh, Truck Park, which is a you know a, a native mobile app that helps them find uh, available parking spots. And I think things like that are you know you got to innovate, you got to be you know a little bit more mindful of addressing this problem and, and leveraging technology wherever you can. Uh, obviously, with th- that's a big part of you know what I do, and I think technology doesn't replace humans, it just enhances the experience. And certainly that's, I think, their, their mindset. Now, uh, ATRI uh, uh, puts out a number of reports each year, and, and since we're making progress in the possibility of reducing the minimum age uh, of an interstate CDL holder to 18, uh, I figured you could shed some light on ATRI's Younger Driver Assessment Tool. What is it, and, and how can it be used to identify the, the right you know, 18 to 20-year-old drivers?
1: So at the direction of our research advisory committee several years ago, we set out to explore the potential for, we call it an assessment tool, but at the end of the day, it's an online test. So uh, in a a test that would help the industry better identify who among 18 to 20 year olds looks most like an experienced, um, safe professional truck driver who's say 35 to 40. And when I say looks like I mean, has the same or similar personality characteristics. Things that the research has documented over time have a relationship to driving safety. And so we took the best of the best in terms of those research findings of, of specific personality characteristics and traits that have a defined relationship to driving safety. And we found tests for them. We pulled them all together in one two hour online test. And we ran a series of drivers aged 20. Through 60 through that test to see, and then we looked at their MVRs. that was the, the marker for their safety performance, to see if this test really did help us identify the safest individual. And Jeremy, in the beta test, it worked. It really does show promise. And so what can we do with that? Well, we need to expand the number of young people in this pilot test before we really have the rigor we need to say definitively that this test does what it is intended to do. But once we expand the number of young people who are in the test, uh, uh, assuming that it continues to, to play out the way we believe it will, it's a tool that the industry can use as they're opening their doors to 18 to 20 year olds to really identify who among that cohort has the most likelihood of success as a safe driver. Because if we're going to do this, we want to do it in the safest way possible.
0: Yeah, that, no, and I appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's I'm excited to see uh, that be a part of this process. I've been a huge advocate for reducing the minimum age uh, with the proper training, a huge dose of of training, as well as, you know, safety uh, uh, functionality uh, on the trucks, huge proponent of this. And so this may be a a good segue uh, to our deeper dive segment, which.
1: Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
0: Where we take a question from a a listener seeking expert advice. Uh, The question is, if we're able to hire uh, CDL drivers right after they graduate high school, will that solve the never-ending driver shortage issue?
1: Well, it's... It's not a silver bullet in and of itself, um, because there are other parts to this equation we have to deal with. And that's that big retention piece, number two on the overall survey. Not only do we have to, if we are provided a pathway through the infrastructure bill and the Drive Safe Act, but we have to understand how to attract younger people to those positions. We have to understand how to effectively train those people in a way that, that really cements their learning. And then how do we retain them? Can we address other things that, say, drivers have identified on their top list of concerns are issues that we need to continue to work on to mitigate the likelihood that those young drivers, when they come in, are going to leave us. So we really need to figure out not only how can we safely introduce them, but how do we get them interested, get them trained properly, and then keep them. But but certainly, I think it's a great step in, in the right direction for um, opening that career path to younger folks and starting to mitigate the driver shortage.
0: Another conversation, uh, sort of similar, is a lot of a lot of chatter out there that you know, as we continue to make progress with uh, autonomous technology, and you know, what impact might that have on attracting new entrants into the industry? If they feel like you know, the industry goes the, the way of the you know buggy wick manufacturer, you know, you you're no longer going to need a CDL driver, which I don't think that's true. I don't think that's the case. But but it's important to make sure that that, that the messaging is out there in a way you you need to continue to attract drivers to the industry. I don't think we're ever gonna be in a position, not in my not in my professional business lifetime, maybe in my lifetime, that that a driver is completely el- eliminated from the the cab of a the truck. Their 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 job might change to some degree, but I think they're always going to need a human. In that, in the cab, do you would you agree with that?
1: I couldn't agree more, Jeremy. And I think to your point, the messaging is so critical because we simply can't be out there and out front saying automation is going to replace the need for drivers. Because who wants to go into a career where I think I'm going to be replaced very quickly? Instead, I think we should really repackage repackage it for what it is. There are so many advances in these advanced driver assistive systems that make the job safer for the professional driver. They make it easier for the professional driver. They reduce the likelihood they're going to be involved in a traffic incident. Those are all pluses. And those are things we should be focused on highlighting to new entrants, young and old, for why this is an exciting career to get into that is taking advantage of the best of technology.
0: Well, I do want to switch gears here a little bit. And let's talk about nuclear verdicts and all that fun stuff that you know, plaintiff's attorneys and the that's the the nice limelight that's shed on the industry. Instead of Instead of all this wonderful uh, goodwill, you know, they're they're trying to shatter that with, you know, all these uh, nuclear verdicts. And so, you know, a brand new attribute report was released that that studied the impact of verdicts and settlements under a million dollars. Can you share insights from that report and and why that matters as the industry continues to face these ever increasing nuclear verdicts?
1: Absolutely. So um, 2020 was when we released our nuclear verdict study. And Jeremy, as you know, that was everything focused on, well, it was over a million dollars in, in a truck involved crash case. But the, the real focus was on everything over 10 million dollars. And and just the, the data point I always have to point to from that one is um, from 2010 to 2018, a nine hundred and sixty seven percent increase in average verdict size over a million dollars in truck involved crash cases. This just can't deny that these things are coming in higher frequency and higher um, dollar limits. So at the direction of you and your colleagues on the research advisory committee, they said, you know, those are the headline grabbing ones. But what's really getting us, because not many people are involved in these nuclear verdicts, what's really getting us are these small verdicts and settlements under a million dollars. In fact, one motor carrier described it as death by a thousand cuts. They just are frequently happening and they start to add up and they impact everything from your driver population to your ability and what you pay for insurance and um, your CSA score. So it, it really does ripple throughout. And so using the same methodology that we used in the nuclear verdicts, we pulled together a data set of over 600 of these cases and we did a real deep statistical dive on what's driving them. And and one of the surprising things that we found is that dollar amounts for settlements are higher than verdicts. That there may, in fact, be times when it makes more sense to take your case into the courtroom than it does to settle early.
0: And settling early, I mean, isn't the fear of these horrendous nuclear verdicts what causes people to to even feel like that uh, it's a it's a it's a uh, lost cause? We might as well just settle. I mean, that's that's a factor in this, right?
1: It is indeed. It's it's that sort of mental block we've put ourselves in as an industry because we are so concerned about the sort of, at times, irrational process that goes on with a jury and deciding, you know, how to come down in a case that involves the industry. but. Where there's value in this report and the nuclear verdicts report, but value in this report is it identifies the the potential charges that have been brought against the defendant and what is the likelihood of a a verdict versus a settlement and the amounts you can expect so that you're much better informed as a motor carrier, as a motor carrier insurer, or as a motor carrier defense counsel when making those decisions. As I always say, Jeremy, knowledge is power. and this particular study, the small verdicts power Gives the truck industry that knowledge to be better informed when dealing with those cases.
0: I don't think this was part of this, uh, maybe of either of these um, reports, but I would imagine that carriers who have invested in the safety technology camera, especially at least outward-facing technology, um, are in a much better place when it comes to defending themselves. A, in some cases, they can they they can the, probably the case goes away when they can show if if they're If they're not, if it's clear that they're not at fault, I would think that 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 would be if I were in that business, I would be, you know, encouraging people that would using that to make the case uh, for uh, camera technology, because I know how without that, you're kind of you're you're a little bit blind and you're always the scapegoat, right? The trucking company is always the company that um, they've got the deeper pockets. They're the ones that need to pay.
1: Well and and certainly Jeremy um cameras uh, road facing cameras and driver facing cameras have have really raised the bar for the industry in terms of understanding what's happened in an incident and yes when a driver a truck driver is exonerated because of that video evidence you know they they're, they're a, a fan for life for certainly because it, they're not in a he said she said situation here's what the video evidence shows um but as you know Jeremy this is one of the topics our RAC has directed us to look at is what is the impact of driver-facing cameras in the industry's litigation scenarios and in terms of driver recruitment and retention? Because it is a little different when the camera is faced on the driver. And so we need to better understand that as an industry and understand how we can mitigate the impacts of that on on any concerns drivers might have so that we do have that video evidence, which ultimately uh, can exonerate the driver.
0: Yeah, and especially now as we, I think, just within the last couple of months, um, we saw maybe two or three months ago, a $1 billion verdict. I mean, it seems like they're just trying to, what's, can we hit two? Can we, anybody, do I have one? Anybody?
1: <laughs> There's some plaintiff attorney auctioneer. They're just going, what's the next highest level we can get to? So, and we laugh, but it's not funny. I mean, certainly for the, for the firms that or the trucking fleets are involved in very catastrophic. It's, it raises a cost for everybody because as insurers or reinsurers have to absorb those losses, they have no choice but to raise premiums on everybody.
0: Well, and 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 speaking of, uh, you know, lastly, I guess as a as a nonprofit organization, you know, you rely on funding from industry stakeholders, uh, you know, and other organizations that value the work that you do and that actually does. How can listeners learn more uh, and show their support for the great work that you do? Um, besides, you know, just Obviously, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, truckingresearch.org, but I know you take charitable donations or contributions. Um, How else, you know, what would you suggest that we can do to really really show our support?
1: Well, certainly um, we would look for charitable contributions uh, to all the work that you and I have just described is all done with charitable contributions from the industry. And Jeremy, as I always say, no contribution is too big, (laughs) but no contribution is too small. And so um, you know, if you have a hundred dollars and you think I really uh, value what ATRI does on behalf of the industry, you can go online at truckingresearch.org, click on the support ATRI button, and you can send us a hundred dollars through a commitment that we'll invoice you for or through a, a credit card payment. And, and we certainly appreciate all contributions um, because it does allow us to continue to do the types of study that make the trucking industry safer and more productive.
0: Well, and you, and by the way, when I say stakeholders, I'm not talking about just people like me or carriers, but you even get contributions from drivers.
1: We do, uh, we do, and it, it means the world to me when we'll get a, a $25 check in from a professional truck driver who just wants us to know they value the research we do on behalf of the industry.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story, and and you've shared that before, and so uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, and Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's always great to see you. It's always great spending time with you, and uh, I hope you have a fantastic holiday season.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Same to you.
0: And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast, and you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.